Hello and welcome to the Locked In Indians podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly 24-7, formerly of Scout, now all of Locked On. I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen today and every day. Free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, wherever you get podcasts, uh, you'll find Locked On Indians. Remember to listen every single day, download daily. We almost broke the top 100 last week. Let's keep that momentum going. 105, 105, so close. Uh, so if you're a fan of the show, I'm just going to keep begging you to do that. That's that's the easiest thing you can do to help. Uh, you're not going to listen. I don't listen to myself. I hate the sound of my own voice. I could never listen to an episode of the show. But I still download every day. I put it on play. put it in the corner of my desk when I'm doing work. Uh, so, hey, you know, I'd prefer if you listen. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, you can help a show out just like that. Uh, with the holidays coming up, but you want to give the, uh, you know, I don't know if COA would be appropriate here or not, really. But uh, probably not. But I will be taking some time holiday week with there'll be uh limited shows that week just to give you the heads up ahead of time do we talk about the silver slugger uh you know i saw some outrage i know jose ramirez should have won what's the, the he was a better player he was the better hitter uh the worst thing i saw with the score app i mean the score app has some you know travis sawchuk is great over there there's some good there's some bad there's there's some things that are not as ideal but uh, when they were like, well, he had the most RBIs and home runs for a third baseman, that made me just cringe when it came to Rafael Devers. In terms of, like, again, Jose should have won. Is it a landslide? No. No, it's not. I mean, one could make an old-school stat argument, uh, a bad old-school stat argument, but uh, it, it's not like this is... This isn't Movon winning over, over Albert Bell for the MVP level of, like, bad award... Uh, stuff this is it's one where jose should have won he should have won that award he should have been the silver slugger at third base uh, he's definitely the better third baseman i mean if you can bear him it's not even close because devers isn't a good defender but silver slugger is just for the bat and unless we're looking at it in terms of power what well, devers had two more home runs and i think five more doubles but he also struck out significantly more uh, in terms of runs created plus that takes all that stuff and really boils it down, I think like Ramirez is a 137, a 135 for Devers. Again, Ramirez should have won. It is not. Uh, it's not something worth outrage though. It's not something to sit back and you know scream to the heavens about. Uh, you know there isn't really any other options. The Indians' offense is rather putrid uh, for the most part last year. You know trading for Miles Straw was a big upgrade in center. Ahmed Rosario was about league average at short, but below average defensively. And then you had Fran Mil Reyes, who just wasn't healthy. Uh, he would have been up, I think, for the Silver Slugger at DH if he had played the full year. It was interesting. Uh, I saw one of the podcast staff and pop on the Royals Farm Report. Good guys over there. They did a kind of a preview of the Indians, and I read it. And they talked about the you know if, if the Indians trade Jose Ramirez, it could be a ninety loss team. I can't see that. This team is not that bad. Yes, the offense is uh, murky, but. Again, there's some pieces there. There's some league average pieces. The For as much as people want to leave this team for dead, you go through, okay, catcher, it's a disaster. First base, close to league average, and if they go out and make some moves, I mean, that's that's going to be the cheapest place to upgrade. Maybe a little bit. Uh, they should get more than league average production there. Second base, they should give one of the young kids a chance to see what can happen. Shortstop, as we talked about, if they keep Rosario, he's league average offensively. Third base, if you trade Jose, I mean, I don't know if you're considering Chang there, how quickly Nolan Jones is it, whoever it is. I mean, it's a massive drop-off. Center field, again, Miles Straw was just about league average. Left field, right field, um, you know, hopefully if you go out and make a massive trade, you're at least filling one of those spots. 
again, I don't anticipate them moving Jose. We'll have to wait and see. And I think some of that is honestly, you know, if you're a fan of a team in the division, you kind of want them to trade Jose because that's going to knock them down. I mean, this this is a team that finished second in the division and wins. Everyone else is chasing them. They finished second outside of the White Sox while their top three starters missed significant amounts of time. Uh, the player who was supposed to be the starting shortstop had some regressionary issues. You know, we've talked about him and as. He was really good in 2020. He was fantastic in 2019 in the Arizona Fall League. He was the star of the 2019 Arizona Fall League in a lot of regards. He is likely to rebound. He should get every opportunity to be the second baseman. He clubbed it in AAA when he was given an opportunity this year. Uh, it just, he struggled really badly at the start, and then Ahmed played very well. They were playing Cesar, paying Cesar, and playing Cesar. And then they treated him, and uh, after that, you know, it took a little bit while longer to, for him to get up, but he was more, you know, a victim of circumstance. Bad performance and circumstance. So I really think, you know, it, it, the way I talk about it in the, uh, the group chat, I, you know, is that Ahmed Rosario is the starting shortstop. And he is absolutely the starting shortstop until one of these teams misses out. You know, when the musical chairs end and an organization does not get the player they want uh, to play short for them, you know, a team that needs a shortstop, uh, that's when all of a sudden Ahmed Rosario stands out and, it, and someone's going to come calling for him in particular. So we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to project how the shortstops fall, what's going on talk to a few people and also just like logic of teams and where guys go uh but we're going to get into all that on today's show we'll also third segment we'll go into a few more of those busts of prospects i got a lot <laughs> i'm gonna dig in if you missed yesterday's show thursday's show i went through since starting in 2000 the baseball america top 100 list so if an indians prospect made that list they have to be a pretty good player to make it like not i mean how about all the talk that the indians traded kluber and they traded uh, Bauer, and they traded Clevenger, and didn't get one top 100 prospect back. Do, do you remember when that discussion was? We can ignore the fact that they got Framo Reyes and Emmanuel Classe in those deals, uh, but they didn't get one. Uh, speaking of which, the other thing that came out today was like the equivalent of like uh, the all ML, like MLB first and second team, the only two Indians listed, Classe, Jose Ramirez. But we, you know, it, it's it was such a bad argument. It was such a fake argument. It was such a just crappy thing when people were bringing it up it's like yeah they can get a prospect for bauer uh, as a centerpiece because they got a five years of control of a future potential home run champion who's already hitting the big leagues uh, for kluber he was hurt and they got a potential all-star reliever uh one of the top relievers in all of baseball this past year and then um for clevenger all they got was uh was Quantrell. Like he was not like he was good, and Arias. It's not like he really busted out um, this past season for them. It's you know, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know. That that one really, really annoyed me. And it was around this time last year where that came up because people were getting all like, uh, they traded all those pieces and they didn't get anything. And no, it wasn't this time. It was later because it was whenever the Lindor deal finally happened. When it was finally done, I'd have to go look at the exact date and time on that. But uh, when that happened, too, because, you know, the Jimenez and Rosario no longer qualified as prospects, so they weren't considered top 100 guys. So this is me getting really off track with my annoyances. But I went through all of those prospects, and I've been moving up through, and uh, eventually we do some more things, figure out, you know, the percentage of guys who make it and uh, multiple different ways. I discussed that on the show. But uh, this is a lesson in why, why players fail. 
why we did not succeed, why they did not work out. I think it's uh, it's good to do, and it's something I do with my own writing sometimes. Like, what did I get wrong? What do I need to change with my scouting approach? We're gonna take our first commercial break here, then we're gonna come back and play some shortstop musical chairs. And that first sponsor is Built Bar. I love Built Bar. <laughs> I've spent quite a few paychecks from this very podcast on Built Bar. Currently, what is there? What are their special orders you can only get right now? There's a mystery flavor. You can try and guess what it is. Uh, I believe there are prizes involved in that. But the nice thing about the mystery flavor, because you don't know what you're getting, is that it's it's discounted. It's it's a cheaper box than normally. Uh, the one thing they will say with their mystery flavor, is it sweet, is it savory? We can't say, but we guarantee delicious consistency and 100% real dark chocolate. Uh, are you a little nervous about trying an unknown flavor? Well, if you're willing to gamble on the flavor, it may just pay off. Because if you guess the mystery flavor correctly, you have a chance to win $10,000 in various prizes they're giving away. We want everyone to have a chance to guess the flavor, so the contest will not be held until November 22nd to allow for boxes to be shipped and arrive. Don't worry, you'll get a reminder or email to win. Comment in the Instagram post on November 22nd with your flavor guess. One comment per person to be eligible to win. Correct flavor guesses will then be chosen at random. What can you get? A Peloton bike and a year supply of Built Bar, a wrapped Yeti cooler and a year supply of Built Bar, an iPhone 13 Pro and a one year supply of Built Bar. Uh, other winners, $500 gift card of your choice and a box of Built Bar. And then five, 15 winners get built swag kit plus a box of built bar. That's a pretty cool thing in general. Uh, you can go through, you, you know, for something that they're trying to hide, you can also look at the ingredients on here and uh, have a better chance of what it might be. Uh, nothing, chocolate liqueur, cho- cocoa butter, dark chocolate, all in the mix on this one. Milk and soy, and as someone like my, if you're someone who's gluten free like myself, uh, all the Built Bar products are gluten-free. Coconut Brownie Chunk, one of my all-time favorites, is back. Paranormal Pumpkin, I quite enjoyed. Coconut Marshmallow Puff is good. Blueberry Muffin has blueberries in it. I didn't think I would like it. I did enjoy it. Not my favorite, but solid. I have not tried Strawberry Puff or Cherry Lime, but those are the other current seasonal favorites. There's always something fun and new. And remember, when you go there, use that promo code LOCKED15 to get your 15% off your order at Built Bar. Stop musical chairs. I don't know why I'm like giving you guys a it's almost like pinwheel. Uh, I don't know why I'm going into the pinwheel theme. I haven't watched that show in I don't know 35 years, but hey, pinwheel. Uh, if you remember pinwheel, hit me up on my Twitter at FMLB Draft. There's got to be other people out there. Come on, pinwheel. You remember pinwheel? Somebody else who's in their 40s, uh, late 30s. So Carlos Correa is the big name of this market, but the problem with Carlos Correa is health. He's interesting because he was always supposed to move off the position. He was going to like get bulky and move off. Uh, but dude didn't. I mean, he's the best defender of this group of shortstops when we talk about them. He's young at 27 years of age. He's a top flight defender. He hits the ball really hard. It's just health. How much can you trust him to be there every day and play? Uh, he's not had the uh, quite the level of... Uh, consistency you would like so pulling up his page now you know it it seems most people think the tiger so it's let's see he's played in over 140 games twice it's like 148 58 75 110 109 153 99 so that's an issue uh but again he's an elite age elite production hitting the free agent market do the tigers jump you know i have a hard time believing the tigers 
are going to be the team that goes out of the way to pay him. I just do. Can I throw out a name? You ready? The Angels. What? The Angels? I know, I know. I can hear you saying it. Uh, I also think the Giants. I, I just don't see him going to the Tigers. Correa has been on a winning team. I feel like someone's going to sneak up. I don't think the Tigers are going to get that big name guy. I think they're going to get a big name, but I don't think it is the big name guy. Who is the starting shortstop? Luis Rengifo for the Los Angeles Angels. Moreno likes to make a big splash. If he's going to go out and get someone... Uh, and remember, the pool host money is completely off the books. So they have more to spend. Ren Giffo is now up to a total of 702 plate appearances. I mean, I thought he was an interesting guy. I put him in my Angels top 10 prospects uh, way back in the day. And he was going to be a centerpiece of that fell apart Jock Peterson deal, which turned into a terrible deal the Angels didn't make because it was Jock and Andy Pages. Oof, bad in retrospect that that didn't come together. Ren Giffo has not been able to, you know, put his name to that position. He's not a good defender. He's he's a utility guy, is what he is. And when he is the guy who's currently slated at shortstop, and the uh, the Angels in general, just you know, we know that prospect pool is weak. I know they need starters. It's actually a decent starter market in free agency. I think they could dig a little deeper. They can also potentially seek out some trades. Um, you know, is there a, a world where there's a Joe Adell? For something like Plesak and Savali, I mean, that feels rich. I'd have to go dig into it. But something like that, where they could get two pitchers for a Joe Adele, maybe. And maybe they actually consider something like that. Um, there's there's a something that could make sense. There is a way to figure something out for them. Uh, you know, Detmers has got to step up. Berea looked really good. Suarez, Sandoval, they also have some arms. I know they want to get some depth. What they don't have anywhere is a shortstop. Uh, you know... Errol Vera in one of my OTP games became like a gold club shortstop, but a pretty bad bat. Uh, Kyron Paris hasn't really moved up the ladder as quickly as I think they hoped he would. Brennan Davis is a really interesting infielder. We talked about him on my sleeper series uh, a few weeks ago. So they need a shortstop. They have the money to spend. I don't know why no one is... When we sit there and you read every single article on the musical chairs of shortstops, the Angels don't come up. Angels need a shortstop. They don't really have any options internally. Uh, they have money to spend. They go out and they go for the big name in the market. That's Correa. And that's why I think Correa makes sense to the Angels, even though he never comes up. Corey Seager, I think most people have him going to the Yankees. Uh, there is a thought with the Rangers. You know, who's going to outbid for him? His knock, he's been there, is... Uh, defensively, he's kind of fallen off. The thought, he was much like Correa. He was going to have to move off short. And it looked like maybe he wasn't now. He's probably only got another year or two left there. He's not a very good defender right now at short. Uh, past few years, he's been really good as a hitter. But if you go back to when I was talking about trading Lindor to the to the Dodgers, it's like, I don't want Seeker back because he's been really inconsistent. He, he peaked as a rookie and then had like three down years before he rebounded the last two. Uh, you know, he put it together. He's an awesome offensive player. But he's probably a third baseman. Like at this point in time, he might already be a third baseman. So if you go out and pay him, uh, it may just be for one or two years at short. That works if you're the Yankees, because Volpe, you're hoping, is going to move up and take over that position. The former prep uh, player from New Jersey. And for the Rangers, the talk of getting both uh, Seeger brothers is also talked that like, you know, I, I can't believe they really think they can keep Josh Jung though at shortstop. I he wasn't. He was a third baseman in college. Uh, I think. 
inevitably, as much as Rangers fans like the idea of Seeger down there. The thing that gets Tigers and Rangers dinged is if you can go to a... I don't know, you're saying the Angels aren't good. <laughs> you know, the Tigers had a might have ended up with a better record than the Angels last year. That is a fair statement. But there's the pool of playing with Otani and Trout. That, you know, the t- players are going to be able to convince themselves in their head, like, no, we're so close. We- we've already got these two guys. Uh, I joined them. That's three stars. They got Rendon. That's four. Rendon. Yeah, Rendon. That's four stars. Like, this is a team that's a star-studded. We'll get there. Yankees are the Yankees. The Rangers have a top three pick next year. Uh, and the Tigers have been... Uh, is this the first year they're not per- picking in the top ten in, like, half a decade? So I think Seager goes to the Yankees. This is my long way of saying I think he ends up going there. Moving through this shortstop class, Marcus Simeon's the next name. Can I throw uh, a name out there that, I again, I don't see with him? Uh, the talk is he's fine playing second base. He just wants to be paid like a shortstop. So you might say, eh, well, if he's going to go somewhere and he's fine, getting as long as he is paid playing second base, where he, he profiles better uh, right now, the Mariners. If Seattle's going to go spend money, they have a gaping hole at second base. They don't have great internal options at second base. A team that has the market and the money to spend, I think Simeon to the Mariners makes a ton of sense. I also think the Astros. I like Tony Pena's son, Jeremy Pena, there. I think he has a chance to be something special. But they could use a short cover type of guy, a bridge, and that could be Simeon. But uh, if he's one, he's fine playing second base if you pay him like a shortstop. So uh, the Mariners can spend. They have spent in the market traditionally in the past. They have the money to spend. I'm putting him to Seattle. So right now <laughs> we have the range. And you see the Phillies, people talk about them needing a shortstop. Segura is a solid shortstop. He's played off position because they've had other interest because they had Didi. Didi had a bad year. Bryson Stott's really good as a prospect, so I'm not quite sold on them needing shortstop. I think they just need the best hitter they can get, figure it out later. Uh, so the Rangers and the Tigers, the two teams right now that are still holding the bag. Uh, who's, Trevor Story is probably our next name, and I think he goes to the Tigers. And why do I think he goes to the Tigers? Why do I think he goes to the I think he goes to the Tigers because um, he fits their age range. Why they're over the Rangers. The Rangers have uh, an analytical front office who are going to look at those splits, the declining defense as well. I mean, everything. If I ran a baseball team, I wouldn't go anywhere near Corey Seager unless he's willing to take like a three year or Corey Seager. Uh, uh, Corey Seager, I'm fine with. I would go, I would definitely go near Corey Seager. Trevor Story, I just, unless he's willing to take a three year deal, and I don't think he is. I'd have no interest. I There's been a lot in, could be playing on like a bad team in a hopeless situation. That can happen. That can have an effect. But the defense has declined. So either he's just de- depressed about being in a really bad situation, which I have had crappy, crappy jobs. You can dig yourself in a hole and it can affect everything in your life. So I can believe that. Or it could just be, you know, this is a guy who feasted in Colorado, we'll have to see. Like, there's, there are a lot of reasons for concern with him. There's also a lot of possible avenues to, for success, but he is the riskiest of the group, and that's why I'm like, ugh, I, I'm not going for him. You know, at 29, leaving Colorado with the declining offense and defense, I'm going to pass. So the Tigers or the Rangers? I think the Tigers are more likely to outspend the Rangers. I think he'll go for biggest contract. That's why I think at this point in time, he goes to the Tigers. 
The Rangers, yes, they still need a shortstop now. And we've gone through, you know, the big names outside of Javi Baez. And this is where the Rangers come back in. So the Rangers, if you're going to pick between Story or Baez, I think analytically you go Baez, even though the guy cannot walk to save his life. Better defender, um, you know, bigger tools, bigger power. I think he's more of a... You know, an exciting presence if you want to build around. I think he is the guy you you go, you pay, you put him at short. So what does this mean for other teams? One, it means Colorado technically needs a shortstop. Brendan Rodgers looked good last year, drafted as a shortstop. I think he can handle that position. The Rangers, they could use a bridge. Or not Rangers, the Astros. They could potentially use a bridge. Um, we'd have to see. The Dodgers, they have Trey Turner. He can play short. Like they're, they're fine. He's probably a better, he might be a better shortstop than Seager. He might be. Can't say that for sure, but it, it's certainly possible. Uh, who else lost the shortstop? So the Mets lose their second baseman. The Blue Jays lose their second baseman. So the Phillies conceivably, or Phillies, the Blue Jays conceivably could just move Kevin B- Kevin Biggio back to second base. I know he had it down here. I'm still a believer uh, over what he did throughout his minor league career. I'm just not totally willing to, uh, to think that he can't uh, recover and be a plus regular at second base and i think you know they they should be fine moving on with him at second base going forward i, I still like kevin smith the uh former uh university of maryland shortstop as well there so that they have some options they're not as pressed there uh where they need is third base honestly that's that's, that's what they have to chase so the, you know the indians if, if they moved jose there is a discussion to be made between those teams uh, the other team that uh, you have to talk about is you know, the Mets with losing Baez. They're paying Cano, but there's a good chance whoever comes in is just going to like pay Cano to go away. Uh, they don't have a great option, but Ahmed Rosario being traded back to them does not make a lot of logical sense. That's not where they're going to go if they need an infielder. They might try you know, Jeff McNeil back at second base or something like that and go for an outfielder. And then Philadelphia, uh, you know, they have rumored to be in the shortstop market because Didi Gregarious was so bad a year ago. And again, you have Juan Segura who can shift back. That's He, he was quite good last year. And if you want to move him over, and Didi had a down year, was still worth 1.5 war. No, I'm sorry. He was worth zero war. He was so bad. I'm like, wait, that's he was he's projected to be 1.5 next year. Uh, 68 runs created plus. It was pretty brutal. Uh, they're stuck with him through next season at about 14 million. It's not the worst contract, but you know he's he's an okay defender uh, still into his 30s. But the bat is obviously a massive concern. Caused him to have no value uh, relative to when you're looking at WAR projections. And that's their problem. Like if you you move Segura to shortstop, all of a sudden you need a new second baseman. Uh, if you uh, hold on to him at second base and you want to look into a shortstop, it's like, would the Indians make sense for a deal? I don't know. <laughs> because, like, what's what's the deal you're going to make here? Like, what's the deal between the Indians and the Phillies? What, what goes to... And the Phillies outfield is, is a wreck as well. The, Adam Hazley hasn't been able to prove anything yet. Uh, I mean, the talk from the GM makes it sound like Okay, you know, his spot is not guaranteed. Uh, they're not going to move one of the bigger bats for one of those guys. It's the, They're not an ideal 
matchup. There's not, they could use bullpen help. That bullpen has been pretty awful for a few years in a row. Uh, so that's, that's not a good match for uh, the Cleveland Indians. And, you know, maybe St. Louis, you know, I'll keep coming back to this. Uh, Sosa was solid this year, but they need a longer term shortstop. Uh, Sosa, I think they mostly profile as a utility. This is probably if the Indians end up looking to make a move, the team to consider. They've got some depth pieces. They have some outfield pieces. I th- uh, they've got even like a really, really deep, solid bullpen that they could potentially trade some pieces and parts out of. So that is the team I'm going to continually bring up. Uh, I think that is the most likely and makes the most sense if the Indians did decide to make a trade for shortstop Ahmed Rosario after all the chips fall. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and talk a few more uh, failed prospects to end the show. And that sponsor over here is Bet Online. I've talked about Bet Online so many times on the show. BetOnline.ag. They've got a brand new redesign. It is all set for basketball season, which is well into gear. Whether it's the uh, NBA, NFL, MMA, it, whatever you want, you're going to find it over at BetOnline.ag. Our official sports partner, uh, Locked On, is the promo code you want to get a five zero fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Sports. Should I just? I'll click on sports right now and tell you all of the sports they have: basketball, baseball. I don't know where they're doing baseball, but uh, oh, because they're doing the Japanese baseball league. How about that? Or Chinese Taipei, MLB futures, MLB player futures. You can already bet on rookie of the year, most valuable. Well, that's probably this year's young winners. Basketball, boxing, football, golf, hockey, horse racing, martial arts, soccer, tennis, other sports, uh, cricket. Darts, entertainment, financials, handball, lottery, politics, rugby league, rugby union, snooker, table tennis, wrestling, and more. Head over to Bet Online today using the promo code Locked On to get your five zero fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Go check it out for yourself. Bet Online. Failed prospects. I feel bad. Like like these guys. I mean, we all played baseball. These guys are all much better than we were. Baseball is a ridiculously hard game. Players sometimes don't work. Uh, I'm going to skip over that one. I'm going to go to Jeremy Sowers for now. Uh, one of the few high picks the Indians have had. Uh, you know, He was taken uh, sixth overall, was not one of those rare top five ones, but one of the three players taken in the top ten uh, in the since the year 2000. And I remember him, I was so excited. I mean, he dominated the minors, moved quickly. I remember seeing Peter Gammons. It, it was not a tweet because tweets didn't exist and. 2006 did they i mean I, I don't think i was on there but it was something along the lines of like looking forward to his major league debut you know comparing him to mike glavin uh somewhere over on espn at the top mike glavin i'm combining players uh didn't tom have a brother mike isn't there a mike glavin now i'm gonna look that up uh <laughs> but that that's not yeah, yeah, there's a well, there's a baseball coach, Mike Lavin. Yeah, and he pitched in the majors, and his brother is Tom. Okay, I'm I'm justified, but it's it's weird. Who goes that way? <laughs> Who has ever confused Tom with his brother Mike? Either way, so he was compared to Glavin. That didn't happen. I got very excited. I mean, 2006 he debuts. It goes really well. I draft him for my fantasy team in 2007. It did not go well, and never really went well after that. So what went wrong here? Uh, you look at the data in the minors with him, and he missed bats at an okay rate in the lower minors, but that's that's the caveat in the lower minors. Once he got to like double and triple A, that strikeout rate dropped. 
good control numbers. You almost wish he was in the system now, like he's the guy that they might have figured out how to get more out of. But then again, he might have just been Logan Allen, the elder. Um, you know, the, the hype train, high, having enough. When you have that good secondary offering, sometimes you can dominate lesser competition. And he was an older player, and he swept through the minors, and he was moving so quickly. And you saw, like, that year, and I remember talking to my dad about him. Like, he's got, you know... 15 starts and a 139 ERA. Because uh, that's you know, all I was paying attention to at the time, ignoring the 4.99 strikeout per nine, because I, I didn't even know to look at that type of thing then. Uh, knowing that the year before that, he had moved across three levels and it kept the ERA like under three at every stop and barely over two at one. And it's like, this is an exciting player. I am very excited. He's a high pick. He's got the pedigree. He just didn't miss bats. The stuff was not good enough. It was good enough to dominate the minors. It was not good enough to dominate the majors. That is why Jeremy Sowers did not work out. Andy Marte. We're going to save him. We're going to come back to Andy Marte and talk about Chuck Lofgren. Chuck Chuck Lofgren was a fourth-round pick in 2004 who twice made the top 100 list. Not once, but twice. Uh, There was debate if he was better as a pitcher or a hitter. The Indians liked him as a lefty off the mound. And he was a big lefty at six foot three. Who he was about ceiling. He was about upside. He was about things were going to come together. He could miss bats. He could do things like that. And you look at you know the 2006 season in Kinston was probably the the one that made him stand out, where he has an 8.05 strikeout per nine, a 3.4 walk per nine. Those are solid. Uh, the ERA was 2.32. That's really what got people interested. Hit per nine was unsustainable. And then the next year. Uh, he gets up to Akron in 2007. I remember this year because there were you know some minor struggles, but he was still interesting. So everyone thought by 2008 he'd get to the big leagues. In 2008, uh, he struggled even some more. There was um, family, you know, there was like cancer stuff in the family, and it was like viewed as this big lost year. And I remember like Tony writing a big article about how he was going to rebound to come back, and then unfortunately the next year he continued to struggle. So what went wrong? Well, he was. This is back at a time when we were looking at ceiling. He was a very well thought of prospect who played pitched very well at a young ages in the lower minors. And we might've uh, believed the data a little too hard. And again, this is an era where the data is not the good data. I mean, this is the money ball era, right? This is not where we're necessarily looking at things like strikeouts per nine and walks per nine. We're just like, man, low ERA and lots of strikeouts in general. But his strikeout rates were never high, and of course, through his minor league career, he just didn't miss enough bats. Uh, was it 2012 in the Independent League? I mean, he was trying to make it as a hitter. Uh, he he got it chances. It was never a ton, but he did get the hit uh, in 2004 with the Indians and the Miners. Uh, before eventually he went to Milwaukee and San Francisco. He's a lefty. He was an interesting lefty. Uh, didn't miss enough bats, and then as he raised. Through the minors, their control issues became a bigger thing. Now, he actually had pretty good low hit rates, but started to walk more, strike out less. Uh, it's hard to look at the data and not think that, man, how did he at least not get a cup of coffee with some of those bad Indians teams? But it was also just timing. Like By the time you know, he was a top prospect, I believe, after 2000, the uh, 2005 season and after the 2006 season. So he has the, the minor struggles in 2007. 2008's a big struggle year. 2009's a big struggle year, and then he's he's gone. Like he he elects minor league free agency at that point and leaves. And sometimes that's not always great because then he goes to Milwaukee for a year, 
and then he bounces to San Francisco. And those, if you take my, you know, go get what you can get, get in the right situation. I'm not saying anyone should never do this, but you also have to know that those teams aren't invested in you. Like that's always the danger. You can get lost in the shuffle when you leave the organization that's known and developed you. So we'll kind of end it there. Uh, these are always going to be non-uplifting players to talk about because it's guys who didn't get it together. Uh, we have some more to discuss, uh, of course. There is, I mean, I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 tabs open of players we will continue to discuss as we go through top 100 prospects that failed to become consistent major leaguers. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Needs podcast for this week. Remember to rate and review download daily. It helps our show grow. Hit me up with questions on the mailbag at Jeff MLB Draft. Uh, and we'll continue to handle those, handle these uh, failed prospects, and uh, any news that comes our way. Thank you again for listening. As I say now, go, go, Guardians, go.